I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now. And we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of Real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Play On Review. I am Rana Hussein, the show where we review every game of AFLW, including the big dance. It's been a big weekend for anyone who loves women's footy and quite a fairy tale ending in the end. To dissect it all with me, I have my footy analyst for the last time, my favourite footy analyst, I should say. You're not my personal analyst, although sometimes it does feel like that. Uh, my favourite footy analyst for the last time covering the AFLW season. Sai, it is Gemma Bastiani. Welcome, Gemma. Hello. How's it going? How are you feeling? I am, to be perfectly honest, I am exhausted. Yeah. It's been a big few days. Tell Um, everybody how you viewed this grand final. As in how I viewed it or physically how I viewed it. (laughs) Where, where, how did you get there? What did you do? How did you celebrate grand final weekend? So I made the incredibly rash, maybe stupid decision to drive over on Friday after I had a meeting at midday. So we got in reasonably late. Went to the grand final. Obviously, um, I was with Megan Brewer, who's Siren's um, photographer. Well, she's a co-founder of Siren. She's a photographer. Um, so we went to the game, which f- ended up finishing around 4 p.m. in uh, South Australia time, Adelaide time. And uh, we drove back straight after that uh, because I had to work this morning. Oh. Um, and Megan doesn't drive. So I drove 16 hours in the space of maybe 25 hours. Um, we oh, got in, about, yeah, it's fine. It was fine. Um, but yeah, I'm quite tired cause then I worked today and, uh, now I've been trying Wait, to, so when did you get back? What like time three, did you get back? 3am, half two this morning. Oh my god. Yeah. So, um, oh, no wonder you're rooted. Oh, am I allowed to say that? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Does that, is anyone offended by that? Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Um, yeah, so then work was, I switched my brain on for work and now it's, we're a lost cause. So I'm probably, uh, going to be awful tonight. I apologize in advance to everyone. Yeah. I'm with Fern, listener Fern, who's saying that she wouldn't have gone into work. I would have just chucked a sickie, (laughs) stayed and partied in Adelaide. Yeah. Look, 
I need money. <laughs> we talk about this a lot. I yes, need money. <laughs> so I had to do it. Um, Mal is asking, was Megan in keep you awake duty? Uh, I was fine, like, staying awake, but Megan definitely helped make all the phone calls that I wanted her to make so I could have chats with people. Yeah, <laughs> I good. definitely had a chat with Lucy Race. I definitely had a chat <laughs> with Swamp. I definitely had a chat with my mum. Yeah, so she was doing all the phone calls for me, which is great. Hey, I didn't get a call, Gemma. I tried to call you. You didn't answer. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, sorry. My bad. I retract that. So what were the tunes like? What's your your go-to road trip tune? I like listening to podcasts when I'm driving because um, I think it keeps me more focused. And also there was men's football on Friday for part of it and on Saturday for part of it. So I got to hear the Swans lose, which was fun for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no men's chat today because we have a no. big, big game to discuss. Of course, we are talking about the grand final for 2021. I can't believe it. I can't believe that we got there after last year. It was so nice and delicious to be able to settle into a grand final weekend. Of course, Adelaide versus Brisbane on Saturday at Adelaide Oval. Final score was 3-2-20 Adelaide to Brisbane, 6-2-38. And a fairy tale finish for the Brisbane Lions. A well-deserved one too. A really well-deserved one. I want to ask you, we are going to go through the game, but I want to ask you first, so what was Adelaide Oval like? What was the atmosphere? What was the crowd like? Sights and sounds, give it to us. It was pretty incredible. Um People were definitely very excited. People were rolling in quite early. So when you're media, you generally rock up reasonably early to games. So you're there before people and then you're in an area where you don't, maybe don't have that much access to the crowd by the time they rock up. Um, but this one, it was pumping pretty quickly. Um, it it was, I think everyone involved was very nervous because it felt like it had been a long time since such a big game had happened. Um, and everyone was just really excited to be there so that was the overarching thing between people working on the game and also just people attending everyone was just very excited to be there uh obviously an Adelaide crowd how many Brisbane Lions supporters were there uh I couldn't give you a number but percentage wise uh five percent and it was their family and friends behind the goals because the crowd was not really a factor until a couple of key moments that Adelaide Mm. did some great stuff but other than that the crowd wasn't super or the Courtney Hodder goal that was just something that everyone had to appreciate oh of course stunning uh and what was the do we know the crowd numbers at all I actually didn't catch that I think 20 something I think okay so not quite um, the 53. Well, I think the the max was going to be able to be 40 from memory. Right. Um, but I think COVID has made people quite nervous, had, had made people quite nervous. So they didn't necessarily want to travel in case borders closed or things like that. So that definitely had, a, uh, had an impact. But yeah. the, it was still a very lively crowd. It still felt like a grand final crowd. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, so going into this game, Gemma, I really didn't, I'll be honest, I thought Adelaide would win comfortably. I tipped them by seven. 
um, for the Outer Sanctum. But I really, as much as I was behind Brisbane and really wanted to see them get up, I really didn't think they would. But you did. Yeah, I was on a couple of different podcasts last week uh, and it all required me to tip. And I went with Brisbane in every single one. And... the num- and I'm very much obviously a numbers-based person and all the numbers yeah. suggested that Adelaide were going to run away with it. But oh, I just okay. had a feeling that it didn't say the- it didn't tell the whole picture. I don't know what it was. And so um, the USAFL had me on on a panel last week with uh, Kirsty Lamb, Brad Johnson, and then obviously my preview with Julia and there was something else. And I tipped Brisbane in every single one. Maybe it was being more hopeful than anything because the – Brisbane winning is the biggest story. Uh, and yeah, I now look like a genius. <laughs> well, isn't this interesting? The fact lady went against the numbers and yeah. the feels lady went with them. Yeah, what? weird, right? Bloody hell, I would have loved the feels to have backed me for once. <laughs> once a year that'll happen for me. The rest will all go the other way. <laughs> That's what I get for going against my own feels. Uh Okay, so let's get into this. I want to talk first. Well, see, I actually, at halftime, I thought to myself, okay, they've managed to shut down Aaron Phillips and Noffy, Ebony Marinoff, and I thought, of course, we've talked about this. Why didn't I listen to Gemma? We've talked about Adelaide. If you can shut down Aaron Phillips and the big names, aren't actually able to get it across the line, and that's what we saw, right? I think that's the thing with Adelaide. So the Chelsea Randall factor is one. So Chelsea Randall wasn't there. And we've all seen Swamp's tweets about um, the their win rate with or without Chelsea. Um, and I want to come back to her later when we talk about post-game. Um, and then, yeah, if you can close down Aaron Phillips, close down Ebony Marinoff, they find it, even though when they're all up and about, it's very much a team-wide performance. I think a lot of the Adelaide players require those couple to get them going. Um, mm. And Hatchard played a very good game, and we'll talk about Stevie Lee Thompson in a moment as well. But I think they require, on a, on a bigger scale, those players to be up and about for them to really lift their game. And because mm. they were able to quell them, it was very hard for the other players to really find some flow in their game. I love the way Adelaide did set up behind the ball, especially um, in that second quarter when they really mm. pressed. I thought that they look, and I really thought that they would then run on and and kick a few and win, but obviously it didn't happen. Um, but I really did like their setup behind the ball. Yeah. So again, I had the privileged vantage point of of where I was sitting, so I could actually see the whole ground for the whole thing, and seeing. Both sides did it at a really, on a really mature level, um, on a really smart level, setting up behind the ball, not being sucked in. Um, and obviously Sarah Allen and Mariana Radchich were the main people for Adelaide. And Mariana Radchich, mm. she had a career best 10 intercepts in this game. She had seven at half time. So she did a lot of that work in the first half, keeping Adelaide in it, particularly in that second quarter, keeping Adelaide's territory game going. Um, and then mm-hmm. Sarah Allen was always taking the deepest uh, Brisbane forward, which is typically Dakota Davidson. So Dakota Davidson only had the five touches, but she really did kind of 
play a bit of a defensive forward role on Sarah Allen to not allow her to do as much of the rebounding as we know she can do. And then you look at Brisbane and their back line, and, and we'll talk about that in the second half, their back line just stood up absolutely. Kate Lutkin's leading it. Brianna Conan was the one who took Aaron Phillips. We've seen Brianna Conan keep Chloe uh, Malloy goalless twice this year already. Mm. And the only games that Chloe Malloy has been goalless in, and now she's been able to do that with Aaron Phillips as well on the biggest stage. And I think Brie Conan deserves a lot of credit. Then we talk about Shannon Campbell, yeah. that desperate last line of defense that she provides is incredible. And then Indy Tahu has stepped into this, um, into this back line in her first year with Shani Webb not being there. That, that um, intercept mark, that, um, yeah, intercept mark she took, the contested mark in the third quarter, one-handed from behind. That was ridiculous. Um, I hope mm. everyone knows what I'm talking about. And then the other thing, is that Natalie Greider didn't play the last time these two teams met. And she has been a bit of a barometer for them because she really does provide a really calm, cool head out of defense pushing up the field. And her movement around that defensive line was very, very apparent. So both defensive lines were very strong, but I think um, Brisbane's forward line played that Adelaide defense better than maybe Adelaide's forward line did to Brisbane's, if that... Yeah, Works. it makes sense. Chelsea Randall playing would have then made quite a difference, you think? Her on-field presence even? Yeah, absolutely, because you can move her wherever you need her um, mm. when and to create an option because her being in that forward line would have stretched Brisbane's defence a little bit more or her being in the midfield would have allowed um, Hatchard or Marinoff to get off the chain a little bit more. Her being in defence would have forced another Brisbane forward to sit back a little bit more to not allow Ren. So she just changes the dynamic because she forces the opposition to take notice of her more than maybe another player would. And surely you walk a bit taller when Chelsea Randall takes the field for your team. Well, uh, she's the captain. And, and sorry to interrupt you there, but while we're on course. the topic, I, I loved the fact that after the game, during the presentations, Craig Stasevich addressed Chelsea and said Agreed. you're everyone's favorite player that was just like a beautiful moment because he kind of said what everyone was thinking as well right totally I want that merch so badly the um, Emma, every... Emma you're my hero or Chelsea's everyone's favorite player that yeah <laughs> just a picture of Chelsea and everyone's favorite player yeah um there better be a mural paint being painted right now with that <laughs> slogan and her face my goodness, Adelaide, get onto it. Uh, <laughs> I, I suppose what we're saying is, and, and what really rang true for me, was that it was a team win over big names in the end, that, the, that a full team performance will win the day. Well, that's the thing that Brisbane have held strong all year. And as I said earlier, Adelaide, when Adelaide are up and about, they're a team first uh, team but when they're struggling it's it's only a couple that can get them out of that whereas Brisbane it's the whole it's across the board it's players mm. willing to sacrifice their game to help the team do better so Dakota Davidson playing a defensive role as a forward who loves to kick goals um, sacrificing that to help the team nullify a really dangerous defender. Speaking of T-shirts, and we're getting a lot of love for those two T-shirts, so someone better make them. You think, I think you'll make a pretty penny. Um, but a Lauren Arnell T-shirt, oh, my goodness. Our Smalburnians, I think, were just 
so solidly behind that girl um, to see her go from strength to strength um, after moving to Brisbane. Oh, it was so emotional. She, I held on to be honest, but then there was just a moment when she kicked her goal yeah. um, and then just like double fist pumps to the crowd. Just the strength of that, that broke me. <laughs> they hadn't <laughs> even won the game yet, but I was like, oh, Lauren Adele. Well, yeah, she she's such a pioneer for women's footy across the country. So we've talked about, and we'll get to Emma Zilke, but we've talked about a lot of players and how Astro O'Connor, we've talked about the, the work they did prior to the, there being an AFLW to actually help women's footy exist in the way that it does. She's one of those people. She played in that inaugural game the lockout the twenty four thousand people lockout that was her first aflw game and now she's ended her career playing in a premiership in adelaide for the brisbane lions kicking a goal and just being one of the most beloved players in the country like it's such a it's been a very hard road for her that her career looked like it could have been over after 2018 she was brought up to brisbane she put in the hard work, was willing to do the job and work really, really hard. And we see that in the way her teammates love her so much. And I'm so glad that she's got to go out on this high. And I should also flag that she is one of the best special comments person people on the ABC. So if you're listening to a commentary with her, absolutely listen out for what she says because her analysis of the game is unbelievable. I agree. I love hearing her behind the mic. So I'm excited that we've got plenty more of that to come. Um, And Loz is saying in the comments that those side-by-side images of Lauren Arnell in the first game and then in the last, as in the first ever AFLW game and now this grand final, it is, oh, I'm getting emotional now, honestly, just thinking about it. Um, And I think I saw this on your Twitter feed. She's the only player to have ever to have played in that first game and then go on to win a premiership to to date yeah she is the only one incredible so let's talk about some sad stuff we need to shout out Ange Foley um that was a real heartbreaker did you see that happen Yes, it was horrible to watch. Um, again, as someone who has torn their ACL and had that surgery, not pleasant to watch someone else do it. Um, it was horrible. It didn't look good at the mo- in the moment. She was down for a long time. Dakota Davidson went over to her and comforted her until the trainers oh. could come out. Um, it was. There's a photo that was shared um, on mm, Twitter. I, I did I, say that. That photo epitomises... AFLW I think and it it kind of goes back to you know Aaron Phillips and Chloe Shear being carted off two years ago at the same ground and the Carlton players going over to them so it's it's like it's the culture of that game and that's what makes it really special so Ange Foley confirmed ACL she's the consummate professional there's a reason why she was chosen as the captain for this game we know that she's going to do everything she can to come back as soon as possible. Um, it just is, it just caps off a really bad day for Adelaide. Uh, awful to not have Chelsea play and then that to happen to Ange. Um, there was a real moment in that third quarter, I think it was, where it was like Emma Zilke's off, 
follies off. It was within the space of a minute that each of them yeah. were off. Yeah. It was it was felt brutal all of a sudden. Something that was really fun and exciting suddenly went, Oh, this is real the stakes feel really high now. Um yeah. and just on that, um, you know, getting around each other, even if you're on opposite teams, like a, a lot was made of Dane Rampey getting yeah, over to Camden McIntosh, Camden McIntosh yeah. um, who was knocked out in a game. And I remember watching that and going, yes, that is great. But we see that all the time in the AFLW. That's just the brand of the game. Well, um, think about, think about in the under, um, underage champs in 2018, 2019, where Roxy Rue did that in a game where yes. you're, sh- you're meant to be showing what you can do to be drafted. And she took a brilliant mark kicked a goal another player got hurt and she was the one that called the trainer for an opposition teammate so we're seeing it at junior levels as well um it's and it's in- right yeah amazing sorry i interrupted you um amelia's saying um Ange Polly crying on the bench oh sorry she's talking about i think she's talking about Ange Polly crying on the bench in the triumphant lions ending was honestly cruel i mean it, it i don't know if you saw that footage because you were at the game but at the end of the game they showed a bunch of footage and one of it one of the shots was her crying and she just looked like she was in so much not just physical pain but emotional pain and it, it was really really tough to watch actually because i think shani nordis but said it really beautifully on offsiders this morning that these women put so much into this game and have so many other things going on that to then make a grand final and to then get injured. Like there's just so much riding on your shoulders. Um, and it's not their, it's not their day-to-day job. Like it's, it's pure no. love of the game. And I was having this conversation. Sorry if we're getting a bit off track here, everyone. Yeah, we are sorry. Uh, we're a bit loose today, but um, <laughs> the, I was having this conversation yesterday with someone is that, you know, I've been talking a lot about Dakota Davidson, how amazing she's been this year and all this sort of stuff. But, you know, she's a part-time athlete. She's considered a part-time athlete. She mm. spent all of the last year working all of the off-season, so eight months, working on her craft, watching games, going and sitting at the Gabba in the highest stand she could to watch the running patterns of some of the men's players to be better. She spent that time and invested in herself in the off season. Um, I'm working on a piece with some Melbourne players at the moment, talking about what they're doing in the off season to make themselves better. They're not paid for that work. They have to keep their bodies in the right shape. They have to learn their craft. They have to maintain their skills all in their own time to be able to maintain at this level. So when something like that does happen, it is devastating because they're putting everything into it. They're getting very little out in terms of, you know, and, and Shani talked about it again, monetary value, investment in your own future, that an injury yeah. is devastating because it impacts every part of your life. Of course. And then, you know, if they are the highly competitive beings that they are, they want to be at their best and knowing that they're not able to put in as much as they'd like to is really hard, a hard pill for them to swallow. Anyway, um, we could keep talking about this forever. Yeah, sorry, but apologies. It just, you know, look, we had to pay homage to those injuries and um, those players and it was a tough day out for Adelaide. Uh, we do need to talk about a couple of players. We've talked about Lauren Anel. I want to also talk about Emma Zilke. Yes. But I want to hear you tell me what your thoughts were first. 
So Emma Zilke was one of the players we got to interview for our um, development of women's footy in Queensland piece last year for Siren. And she's an incredible person that has an incredible drive to not only play footy as well as she possibly can, but create opportunities for other people. And that's what made her such a good leader at Brisbane. And that's why it was kind of surprising when she announced really offhandedly at the end that she was also retiring. Um, I know. It was so very cool about it. It just came out of nowhere, but she was instrumental in um, developing the Cooperoo women's team that is now a powerhouse in the Quaffle up there. She was one of the first players signed at um, Brisbane. She was working behind the scenes at Brisbane as well. She's done mm. a lot for women's footy in Queensland and therefore the rest of Australia now that it is a national competition. So to see her go out on this sort of high is very cool, but also the fact that she did her hamstring during the game, couldn't finish the game out, is very emblematic of what it is like to be an AFLW player as well, the highs and lows all in one. Yeah, that's such a good way of putting it. Um, I was just thrilled, thrilled for her and um excited to see what's next do we know what's next for emma um i don't know this definitely but i think she'd be an incredible coach she's done a lot of coaching in the past i would love sam Verger's another one um sam Verger's been doing a lot of coaching has also retired i would love to see them start to develop um as coaches and then potentially become senior aflw coaches in the future it's really exciting to think about past players now pushing up into coaching roles like that's I mean Mal Hickey's already doing it it's just it's so cool to think about uh I would have had Kathy I actually thought Kathy Spark would get best on ground um but then when they said Latkins I was like oh yeah of course (laughs) what was I thinking there what were a number think? of play there were a number of players that could have had it. In the first half, all or Dwyer absolutely could have taken it. Um if Adelaide had won, Stevie Lee Thompson could have absolutely taken it. Kate Lutkins, she headed up that defensive line that ultimately was the difference in this game. That defense, hmm. you could have cut that medal into five and handed a piece out to each of them, and I would not have had an issue. That defense was unbelievable. I've talked about Brie Conan, talked about, I kind of went through them all earlier. Lutkins has also been playing with a torn plantar fascia since round eight. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops, if we're stopping to get gas. 
you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. What? Yeah, which is wow. ridiculous, especially to think, you know, in the men's role, Marshall is missing games at the moment because he has a torn plantar fascia. She's been playing without anyone even noticing that she's had it since round eight, and she's just won best on ground in a grand final with it. Um, unbelievable. What an plantar incredible fascius, person. Plantar fascia the, just sounds like, what is it? It's your foot. It's the bottom of your foot. Okay, it sounds like some fancy wheat germ that you get in Byron Bay and you put in a shake. <laughs> and I've added some plantar fascias to this for my skin pores. My skin pores? I clearly fit in, in that pores. world, don't um, oh, It was just, I mean, it was, yeah, look, I I thought Kathy Smark had a great day out as well. Um, kicked well, tackled well. Yeah, so she she was kind of involved in the game in the first half, but she really kind of rose to prominence in the second half. She ended up with seven tackles and four clearances, which was equal most on ground in both metrics. But, you know, the Kathy Svark moment that we will always remember from this grand final is that tackle in the fourth quarter. That was the oh, moment yeah. the game was won. That was the moment. Her run oh down, God. the ability to not only get there, but hold on to that tackle and bring – I can't remember who she tackled at this point because it was all her. No. It was all about her. <laughs> you know, that was the moment. And that was the moment where we all sat there and were like, Brisbane have won this. That was it. Ridiculous. I also had written that tackle down um, in my notes to discuss. And I was so <laughs> pleased when you had it already there because I remember watching it thinking, oh, my God, this is what I want to talk about with Gemma. Yeah. Um, I – I mean, Jess Wushner's the other one. Some stunning goals. I mean, Courtney Hodder's goal will be remembered around the world. Although uh, we did see a comment before, I can't remember who wrote it, that said that the bounce on Fox footy didn't call it their goal of the round, which is I mean, nutty to me. Uh, women playing footy, maybe not considered in... Anyway, let's not talk about that. I don't think they realise that women are playing footy. Um, <laughs> Wushner... Again, we've got. A, I know that I like to be the analytical person, but this game is just full of stories. Um, I, a year and two months ago, Jess Wishner was struck by lightning, and we didn't know what was going to happen. She came back to play a couple of games. The season was cancelled because of COVID, and then she spent all that time in lockdown. She's been open about some of her mental health issues during that time. She was not picked in the side earlier this season because of form. She yeah. got back into the side, held her spot, and absolutely stood up in this grand final. Kicked two goals. One of them was an, the most incredible curving kick. Just a oh, beautiful stunning. kick. Stunning. And just the celebration stunning. was everything. In the same spot that Courtney Hodder was celebrating her goal a little bit earlier, Wushna, that was a huge moment. And after the game, she kind of was – a a fair while after the game, as they were starting to walk off, um, she kind of found herself on her own in the middle of the ground, just like kind of looking up to one of the stands and just started crying. And there's a few photos around of it. I think Steph Kamali, she scores, has posted one. And I was standing on the boundary and I noticed her just standing there on her own, just looking up. And it was just 
clearly the the gravity of the moment was hitting her and oh. I think it's just she there are so many incredible stories and she's one of them tearing up now too um it's i mean it's what i live for when it comes can't believe i'm gonna cry it feels wasteful that i was there and you weren't because you would be much better at describing these things than i am oh let's face it i would have been distracted by a seagull somewhere and (laughs) would have missed it um it is oh i just need to collect myself it was a beautiful game. I want to ask you, though, to turn my tears off and down just a little bit. Um, did it live up to what AFLW can be? Yes. Did the, the, the level to which that game was played was that, did we get a good show of what AFLW is? Yes. So AFLW to me, so this is, again, a personal opinion. Um, but people are listening to me, so they must be interested in my personal opinions. But um, <laughs> AFLW to me is a, is a multitude of things. It's the skill level and the talent and the work rate, which is a big thing that we've talked about. It's individual brilliance. It's young players showing what they can do and kind of living their dream. And it's older players getting to do the thing they've always wanted to do, right? Mm. We had all four of those. So you know, the skill, the talent, um, we saw that Wushnagol, we talked about it. We saw, you know, Brisbane's backline work brilliantly as a team. Again, we talked about players sacrificing their role, uh, their own game to play a role for the team. So that's that's that part. The individual talent, the Courtney Hodegol is the obvious example of that. But also, you know, Adelaide looked most dangerous in this game when Stevie Lee Thompson got the ball in space and was running it through the corridor. It wasn't when Adelaide had the territory battle won. It was when Stevie Lee Thompson was running the ball through. So she was their brilliance. And then Mariana Radchich being a very smart defensive player, intercepting the ball a lot. So individual brilliance. Young players, you know, getting to do that stuff. We saw Courtney Hodder do what she did. We saw Dakota Davidson do what she did. Um, Talia Hickey and Jade Ellinger are players that no one really talks about when it comes to Brisbane, but they have been integral to this side this year. Um, and then Isabel Dawes, who kicked the final goal of the game, I'm pretty sure. Um, mm. She was has been so important this year as well. So young players getting to do what they do. And then senior players getting to live their dream. We've talked about Emma Zielke. We've talked about Lauren Arnell. They're players that we should have seen playing this at this level for 10, 15 years rather than five. But we are very lucky and grateful that we got to have those five and they got to kind of go out on that high. So we saw all those four things. So to me, this was AFLW. It was, it was great. Um, and I sort of haven't really wanted to watch men's footy uh, since it because I've been like, oh, I just want more of this now. A uh, couple of questions before we wrap up. Does Emma, Aaron, Emma, Emma Phillips, Erin Phillips, should she go around again and hold out for one more, one more if, grand final? If her body is good, why not? But I think Adelaide needs to have a real look at how they survive without some of those senior players in in the team because there will be a day where they're not there and they haven't Mm. proven yet that they can do the job without them there was some really nice symmetry to this one you know first 
first grand final in 2017 was these two teams and now five years on um, it's the same two teams but the other side gets the chocolates which is really nice well and something that's sorry to interrupt you but there's actually even more symmetry to it than that um, Go on. Pr- prior to this year, Brisbane had never lost to Adelaide in a home and away game. Adelaide had never lost to Brisbane in a final. This Ooh, year, well, this year, Adelaide won the home and away game. Brisbane won the final. Amazing. Well, that leads beautifully into what I was going to say, which is that there's now just the most beautiful rivalry between these two teams. And I'm so excited for that to continue on and to blossom. Um, Stasevich mentioned it, I think, in his post-game speech. Um, and it's just it's just delightful. It's great for the game and I love to see it. Any last thoughts on the game before we wrap up? Uh, there's a couple. Um, Emily mm-hmm. Bates uh, is such a an understated player in this league. Um, she, she's a, she's a ball winner. She's an accumulator, but she's just a really good on-field leader. She led, um, led the game for disposals with 23 and she was one of the players that stood up when they really needed someone to stand up. So Emily Bates absolutely deserves some credit there. Um, Talia Mm -hmm. Hickey, I mentioned earlier, she dominated that rock battle up against Rhiannon Metcalf and Caitlin Gould, who is a quite a formidable duo. Um, Talia Hickey, who is only 20 and has been given a rising star nomination this year. She had 21 hitouts and was just visibly dominant. Um, watching the game, you could tell that she was controlling that. And that was key to controlling the midfield battle, which was huge. Um, and then there, Jade Allinger, she did really well to sit on the outside of the stoppage so that she didn't get sucked in. um, So she could always create an outlet. So she was often finding herself on her own because Adelaide were being drawn into the stoppage and she was keeping herself clear. And it was just a really clever play because Ellinger is someone who has played every single game this year and people haven't said a peep about her, but she's been so important Mm. to their structure. Um, So there's been so many little parts of this Brisbane win that, I will be writing about for Siren, heads up everyone, um, that I think deserve to be highlighted because we're talking about Lauren Arnell absolutely deservedly. We're talking about Courtney Hodder deservedly, Jess Wishner, but there are so many other small parts to this that are really important. Mm. Uh, if you were going to 3-2-1 this game, who would it be? Uh, I probably would have given the three to Brie Conan and then two mm. to Lutkins and then the one could have been raffled. Uh, All the road to wire covered the totally. ground beautifully. Um I agree. I thought, I thought after when I put Kathy Spark aside, I thought that to shut down Aaron Phillips in you know so decisively, um, I thought would have got you gotten you best on ground. But anyway, I'm sure they are all sharing that award (laughs) and giving each other many many pats on the back. Uh, That's it for us for AFLW. I can't believe I'm saying that. It's yes. Sad. Been, it's, it's sad. It feels like we've been doing this for so much longer than nine to ten weeks. Twelve weeks. Twelve weeks. <laughs> Never been good at maths. That much is clear. <laughs> I thank you so much for doing this with me. Um, uh, it's been a joy. I mean, you're talking like... We're not still doing things this year. No, no. Well, I'm getting there. (laughs) I'm getting there. But I want to honour this moment. 
Um, it's been so lovely and delightful. And honestly, the conversation I never realised I needed at the end of every round to just kind of sit back and take stock of what's happened. Uh, it's been actually really useful and really important for me and just nice to join, you know, uh, a little group of people who are like-minded. It's been lovely. So what you're saying is that someone on radio should hire us to do this show for radio next year. Yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. And it will rate through the roof. And um, you'll be so glad that you did. Um, to that end, we aren't going anywhere, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not losing you. And listeners, you are not losing us. We will be back. Actually, we'll be back in your ears on Wednesday with an AFLM show. We won't be doing Instagram Lives uh, but we will be podcasting for the rest of the men's season, looking back and looking forward. Um, just a nice little midweek pod about AFLM for your ears um, with your favourite odd couple, Gemma and I. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll be back on Wednesday. And um, I just in terms of housekeeping, it will be in the same feed as this podcast. We're just renaming it. Uh, would you like to share the name of the new podcast runner? Because you came up oh, with it. Oh, can I? Can yeah. I? Yeah. We will be presenting you the podcast Footy Actually. <laughs> Not Love Actually, Footy Actually. Um, I've never seen that movie before, but uh, is anyone oh, surprised Rana came up with it? No. Gemma Louise Bastiani. You just, outed, you just outed my middle name. <laughs> is it really your middle name? Yeah. What's with me being able to guess names, Gemma? I mean, it's the most I've common middle before. name ever. <laughs> Sorry, I just want the glory that I just guessed your middle name. Um, three cheers for AFLW, says Fern. Absolutely. Hip, hip, hooray, indeed. Uh, you won't be hearing Julia Montesano and Gemma anymore because their previews are now done because the AFLW season is done. But I'm sure they'll be back at some point and Julia is calling games all over the place. So... You can get her uh, in your ears somewhere at some time. I'm not sure, but definitely check her out on Twitter. Uh, I am Rana Hussein. I'm Rana Horse on Twitter, and Rana B Hussein. You think I'd have it down pat by now, but no, I still can't do it. Uh, you know where I am on Instagram because you're here. Uh, Gemma, where can people find you? And I will tell them where they can donate some money to you. But you tell me where they can find you first. Uh, so, as you said, Julia will be calling some VFLW games. I'm also going to be doing some special comms for VFLW. So keep your ear to the ground. You might hear me um, talking strategy during some games there. Um, but I am at GL Bassiani on Twitter. That's the best place to find me. That's where I'm putting all my stats. And I will be tweeting about men's footy and women's footy for the remainder of the year. So meet me there. And, yeah, let's get around the VFLW now um, and fill that void. <laughs> I'm so sad. Uh, I'm going to go and write the roundup. So if everyone wants to read the roundup on Tuesday on Siren Sport, um, sirensport.com.au or just sign up for our newsletter, uh, the roundup, it will be my final one for the year, obviously. So check that and out. And Gemma, Gemma um, is still on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Gemma Bastiani. Uh, and you can chuck her a few bucks if you can. That would be delightful. 
and then she might buy me a coffee in real life. Let's do this. Thank you for joining us. Congratulations on getting through to the end of the AFLW season and catch us on Wednesday for chats about the men's. Thank you and play on. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.